is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. This is Pastor Rob Chambers of Reedtown Community Church in Newport, Tennessee. It is our earnest hope and prayer that something will be said or done through word or song that will be a blessing to your heart. How many of you, in some way, form, fashion, however it was, and you don't have to raise your hand, I don't want to use the word celebrated, but you've acknowledged the new year. If nothing else, then by staying up till midnight and watching the old year stop and the new year begin. You know, New Year's is a very, very anticipated holiday for different reasons. Different people have different reasons. You know, some people look forward to New Year's Day for, for the football. They wait all year long for the football because it's all day. Actually, it's for a week or two with all the different bowl games. So some people, that's what they look forward to at New Year's Day. Some people look forward to the New Year's Eve celebration. They look forward to the party. Different people have different reasons, but New Year's is a very anticipated holiday. People have it in their mind that it's a new year, it's a time to make a new start. That since 2009 is gone, 2010 is, is here, we get to start fresh. I get a new calendar at work. As of right now, we haven't missed any uh, work for, for this year. Those of you that are here this morning, you haven't missed any church this year. You know, people look at it in those terms. A new beginning, a new start. That's why we make so much about resolutions. Going to make a change. Going to eat better. Going to live better. Going to stay on my diet. Going to lose weight. Going to keep it off this year. Let's get real, people. Let's get real. Whatever was going on in your life at 11... 59 p.m. in 2009, guess what? It didn't stop at 12 a.m. Thursday evening or Friday morning. Just because the new calendar year rolls in doesn't mean anything changes. If you had health issues the year before, you've got health issues now. If you had financial issues the year before, guess what? You've got financial issues now. If you had personal issues with a family member or a friend, guess what? You've got them now. The debt you had in 2009 wasn't canceled just because the new year began. The same anxieties, stress, and fears that you had then in 2009, you have now. Those things don't change. If you flip to the first chapter of Deuteronomy, and I'm not going to read the entire first chapter, but I'm going to encourage you to do so. The first chapter of Deuteronomy. Moses, in that first chapter, recaps the history of Israel. From the time they had left Egypt, through the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, and they are in the 40th year. The 11th month, the book of Deuteronomy says. They are coming upon the end of their exile, the end of their time wandering 
aimlessly throughout the wilderness. The events that take place in Deuteronomy happen over a period of maybe two, three weeks. Just before they enter into the promised land. Moses talks about how God had brought them out of Egypt. God had brought them to the Jordan River. and God had prepared a way for them in a land and how they were afraid to reach out and take what God had provided for them. How that the spies had come back with a bad report about the cities being surrounded by walls as high as the sky. Giants roaming the land. And that they weren't able to secure the land. They were just too much for them. And as a result of that, they spent the next 40 years wondering. If you begin reading at the 26th verse, chapter 1 of Deuteronomy. Notwithstanding you would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. God's talking to the church this morning. God's talking to the church world this morning. You rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God, and you murmured in your tents, and said, Because the Lord hated us, he hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Whither shall we go up, our brethren? have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to the heaven, and who over? And moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakins there. That's the church this morning. Sitting back and whining and crying because society is against us, because the government's against us, because we're being oppressed, because they're trying to take this and that away from us. They're trying to change the way that we think. They're trying to discourage the people. Is that not what's happening in the world today? That's exactly where we're at. And the church is sitting back and letting itself get discouraged just like Israel did. When God said, push forward into the promised land and take it, the land that I've given you. The church is doing the same thing the nation of Israel did. We're rebelling against God. We're refusing to go forward. We're refusing to do battle where God says we're supposed to do battle. And we're going to find ourselves in exactly the same place that Israel did. We're going to find ourselves wandering 40 years in the wilderness. But the Word of God also tells us that just like Israel, after the 40 years, they had a new start, a new opportunity. You and I have the promise of the same thing this morning. And I'm not talking about a brand new calendar year. I'm talking about a new start. I'm talking about something that is real this morning. In the 43rd chapter of the book of Isaiah, now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. It's time we got back to that. 
It's time we left the rut that we're in. It's time that we put aside all the, the worry and the bickering and the whining and the confusion and the fuss just among, among Christians. I believe this, you believe that. You better believe the Word of God. And the Word of God only. And not worry about what grandmama or granddaddy used to teach you. You better worry about what's in the Word of God. That first verse. Now saith the Lord that created thee. I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by my name. Thou art mine. God said every living creature that exists is His. Lost, Christian, backslidden, bird, cow, dog, sky, what? It doesn't matter. If it exists, it's God's. God's God made it. He spoke it into existence. It is His. And how dare mankind take on the arrogant stance and belief that he can do anything, anything that God doesn't first sanction or allow. God says, you're mine. You're mine. We have to keep that in our mind, church. You want a new start? You want a brand new year? It starts right there. We are gods. Period. Without exception, without exclusion. We all belong to God. Verse 2, it says, When thou passest through the waters, I'll be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. God said, You're mine. And it doesn't matter what trial you're going through. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is in your life. It doesn't matter if the fires of persecution are rising up around you. It doesn't mean if the flood waters of fear and doubt are rising around you. God said, you are mine. I will save you. I will not suffer you to be destroyed if you depend upon me. So many times we see the situation. We look at the problem. We look at the trial. We look at the temptation. We look at the circumstance that we're in. We're not supposed to be looking at that. Do you think James looked at the axe as it came toward him? No, James wasn't looking at the axe. Do you think Paul was looking at the Roman executioner as he walked toward him? No. Do you think Peter looked at the cross? When they were delivering him to be crucified, Thaddeus, when he was flayed alive, do you think he worried about the knife? They were looking at God. That's why, no matter their circumstance, they still had an exclamation of praise and glory to their God. Because they didn't see the things that were around them. They didn't see the trouble. They didn't see the storm. They saw Jesus. You and I, you and I this morning, if we want things different this year from last year, we need to see Jesus and not the things around us of this world. 
God said it right there in verse 2. He said it doesn't matter what it is, fire, flood, whatever the world brings against you, I will be there. He said the flood won't cover you up and the fire won't burn you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. They weren't burned. They weren't singed. They didn't even smell like smoke because God delivered them. They are no different than you and I this morning with the exception of faith. With the exception of faith. You continue on in that chapter, verse 3. I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. I am thy Savior. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for 60 years or if you're the worst sinner walking. He is the Savior of the world. He is the Savior for every man, woman, boy, and girl that has ever lived, is living, or will live. He is the Savior. He is the Son of God. Your salvation depends upon your profession. But He is the Savior of every man, woman, boy, and girl. As you go into the next few verses and you begin to read, uh, He says, Fear not from thee, I'll bring thy seed out of the east, and from the west, the north, and the south. Verse 7, Everyone that is called, I have created him from my glory, and I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Everybody, God said. It doesn't matter what it is that besets you in 2009. Doesn't matter what it is. It may simply be you may be a young person here this morning and you may have had a bully that just gave you fits last year. God is your escape from that in 2010. You may have been suffering as far as your health goes in 2009. God is your deliverance from that in 2010. Economics. Finance, it doesn't matter what it is. Whatever you are battling, whatever the storm, whatever the trial, whatever the pain of 09, God is the answer in, in 10. But just like on a test, you may have a question and know what the answer is. You may know the right answer. What do you have to do on the test to pass the test? You've got to write the answer down. You may know every answer to every question, but if you don't write them down, if you don't use the correct answer, you'll fail the test. It's the same with God. You've got to use God. God is the answer. But you have to put Him in His proper place. You have to put Him in His proper place. Verse 10, ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Verse 11, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. There is no option 
There is no choice. There is no government lifeline. There is no saving yourself. God said, I am the Savior, and there is no other. Quit looking everywhere else. Quit depending on other things. Put your faith, your hope, your trust, your all in all in Jesus Christ this morning. Or you'll have a 2010 worse than 2009. You want new, you want fresh, you want restoration, you want strength. You want the things that the Word of God promises. You want hope. Hope that this coming year will be better than next year. Then you better put your hope where it's going to do the most good. You better put your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ this morning. Verse 18 of that same chapter. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. I've heard someone say that to do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again and expect a different outcome is the definition of insanity. To do the same things the same way, the same way over and over, to live your life the same every day, but expect tomorrow to be different. That's crazy. It's not going to change. God can make a change. God can make a change in your life. But you've got to trust Him. You were sick and tired of 09, looking for a brand new year, a new decade. Remember not the former things. All the things that you did, the way you lived in the past year, did they work for you? Were you happy? Were you excited? Did you have any problems? If everything was perfect, you wouldn't be looking for a change. You wouldn't be looking for something new if everything was hunky-dory. Folks have testified over the last couple of weeks in services. God's been good to us this past. God's not, and He has. God has been good. God is always good. God is so good to us. But there's not a single one of us that had things in the past year we wouldn't like to have seen otherwise. If nothing else, we would have liked to have seen more blessing from God. Verse 18 says, Remember ye not the former things. Forget last year. It's past. It's gone. Forget the ways you used to do things. Forget the life that you used to live. Forget the things that you thought were important. And try something different this coming year. Try putting your entire existence in the hand of an almighty God. If you'll do that, verse 19 says, Behold, I will do a new thing. He said, I will do a new thing in your life. I don't care how many resolutions you make. I don't care how many promises you make. I don't care how often you say, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to do this. This year's going to be different. You alone cannot do it. Won't work. Won't work. 
You need help. I need help. The church needs help. Read Down needs help. Every man, woman, and boy, and girl, we need help. Because we'll do exactly what the verse, eight, uh, verse 18 said to do. We'll fall back into the old things. We can't see the future. We can't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But we've seen the past. We're comfortable with that. It's familiar. We'll return to that like the Word of God says, like a dog to its vomit. Because we know it. Whether it's good or bad or horrible, we'll still go back to it. But God said in verse 19, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? God's putting the question to us this morning. God's asking us, do you want it? God says, do you want it? Do you want it this morning? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God said, I'll make a way for you. Until my son Jesus Christ comes back to rapture the church, I will make a way for you. I will provide, God said, if you'll trust me. I will do a new thing. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There's not a one of us that doesn't like new things. New car, new house, new. We want things that are new. We put more value on things that are new. If you want to be a new creature, if you want to be new, if you want to be fresh, then 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says you have to be in Christ. You can't be new otherwise. You can't change otherwise. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Come to the piano, please. I'm going to ask you this morning. Were you content with last year? How was last year for you? Was it good? You want to stay the same? Want to remain where you were? Repeat 09. Or do you want something new? Do you want something fresh? Exciting? Preacher, I lived as close to God as I could in 09. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But don't you want to be closer the next year? 
Don't you want him to become even more a force in your life? Don't you want to get closer to God? If any man be in Christ, not has been in Christ or will be in Christ or is thinking about being in Christ, but if any man actually at the time be in Christ, he can be a new creature. If you were content with 09, then don't come to the altar this morning. If you were satisfied, if you were happy with it, if you didn't have any problems, then this message isn't for you this morning. But if you want new, if you want fresh, if you want to get closer to God this coming year, come to the altar this morning as we stand. We hope that you've enjoyed our podcast presentation. If you would like more information about the church or any additional podcast, please join us on the web at www.reedtowncommunitychurchpodcast.blogspot.com. That's spelled R-E-I-D-T-O-W-N, communitychurchpodcast.blogspot.com. Thank you and God bless.